Good people, Tom Pullen here. This is the Bible Truth Podcast. And for those on YouTube, the School of Obedience, welcome. I have three questions I'd like the Bible to answer for us today. First, what happens when we die? Second, is suicide a sin? Third, will we see our loved ones again? Let's get this. Two things we must know as believers, and we must know them because they are obvious. Firstly, we will all die. The one guarantee of life is death. And secondly, there's an eternity. Heaven or hell, that's your choice, but there is an eternity. So death is inevitable, eternity is inevitable, and we have to be sure of this as believers. I know a lot of folk out there say that when you die, it's done, it's over. You're buried in the ground and that's it. You've lived your life. Make the best of your life now and you've lived and it's done. But that's not what we believe as believers. This is just, can I say, the exam for the next life? Because what we do in this life determines what comes after. So a question is, what happens when a believer dies? I want to talk about what happens when we die. But the reality is it's different for the saint and for the sinner. So we're going to split the two. Now check this. The Bible says, and it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this is judgment. That's Hebrew chapter 9 and verse 27. So after we die, the next thing that we are waiting for is judgment. There's no more work. There's no more struggle. There's no more hustle. There's no more socializing, no family, no trying to impress people, trying to live right. We go to a place of waiting because we are waiting for time to cease and for judgment to come, where everybody will be judged and everything that we have done, from the words we say to the deeds that we've done, they will be judged. Now, the place of waiting is different for the saint and the sinner. So, what happens when a believer dies? What happens to somebody who believes in Jesus Christ and has lived for Christ? What happens when they die? The Spirit departs to be with the Lord. Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now, one of the things that people say is that man is a living soul, and when you die, your soul leaves your body. That is not entirely true because listen to this. Listen to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The life that is in you is the breath that is from God. The spirit that God has given to you, the breath that he has given to you, the life that is given to you goes back to him. And we see this as truth because in Luke 23, 46, the Bible says this, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He's given his spirit back to the Father. Now, for saints, I want you to understand something, that it's not you drop dead, you die, you're buried, and that's it. It says in Psalms 116.15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Because once you've passed from this world, once you've left the physical body here, as a saint, 
you get to spend eternity with God. And it's a special and precious moment in heaven, precious in the sight of the Lord, because your tears, your pain, your struggle of living on this side of the world, it's over. And your spirit returns back to God to be with Him for all eternity. When you die as a believer, the next thing that happens is present with Christ in paradise. Luke 23, 43, Jesus said to one of the thieves that acknowledged Christ, he says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better, which is far better. But he says, I've got to stick around to preach the gospel to you. Now, I want you to take note that this place of rest is a place before judgment. It is not the place of final reward, okay? Let it be clear, it is just a place of rest until God's purpose is complete in the earth. So in that place of rest, we will be conscious, we will be active, and we will be aware. Because if you look at what it says in Matthew 22, 32, it says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So everybody that is in that place of waiting right now, they are alive, they are active, and they are conscious in that place with Christ. And I need to emphasize this also, that heaven is not a place of pleasure for the flesh. It is a place to be with Christ. It is a place for worship, for experiencing God, for being with God, for resting in God. For example, if your loved ones have passed and they like cars or they like driving cars, they're not driving cars in heaven. If they like sports, they're not playing football or basketball or soccer with the angels in heaven. It is not a place of abundant carnal satisfaction. Heaven is a spiritual place. Those that are gone are awaiting judgment, and while they are awaiting judgment, they are doing what they do in heaven, which the Bible does not describe, and I'm not going to place any assumptions or speculations because that's a sin, but according to the Bible, they will be resting in Christ until judgment comes. What that entails, we do not know because the Bible does not say it. We're not going to be speculating and telling you fables and fibs. Okay, now it says in Revelations 14 and verse 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, from now on. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works to follow them. So when you get to heaven, you are going to rest from the grinding of this earth, the hard work, the struggle, the struggle to be righteous, the struggle to survive, the struggle to love, the struggle to be peaceful, the struggle to be pure, the struggle to make it, the struggle to be healthy. You're going to rest from all that. And the works that you do, they will follow you. There's a reward for the works that you do, the works of righteousness. Okay, again, I must emphasize, when you die, you go to rest until judgment. What activities are done during this time, the Bible does not say, and therefore it is a sin to speculate.
So when a believer dies, just to, to, to summarize here, when a believer dies, the body goes to the ground because that's where it came from, and the spirit returns to God because that's where it came from, and you come to a place of rest. You are resting in Christ. Okay, that's what happens immediately after you die. That place of rest is not the final reward or the final judgment. Judgment is yet to come when time is complete. Now, what happens when the sinner dies? Those that die in sin also go to a waiting place, but not a restful one. They go to a holding place called hell. It says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 13 to 15, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay, so you heard that. It says that when judgment came, the sea gave up the dead. And I don't want to speculate what that means. It could be in reference of bodies that were in the sea because on judgment day, the body will be reunited with the, the, the spirit by my understanding. But the point here is, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So there were those that were bound by death in hell, in a place of waiting for judgment. So when a sinner dies, Psalms 9.17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. When a sinner dies, you are sent to a holding place, which is hell. And in hell, you are held there until the final judgment. Okay, so the believer goes to the resting place where Christ is, and the sinner goes to remand, goes to the holding cells, goes to hell, where the tormentor is. Job says they are handed over to the tormentor. Let me read something that Christ said. This is from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse, sorry, chapter 16, from verse 19 to 31. It says thus, There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Okay, rest. A child rests in the bosom of its mother or father. So the angels carry this guy into the bosom, Abraham's bosom, a place of rest. The rich man also died and was buried. You see that? The rich man died, and what happened to him? He was buried. The, the, the beggar Lazarus, because of being righteous, it does not refer to his burial, because when you are in Christ, when you are in God, what we call death on this side is only a gateway to eternity with the Father. It is not death. But the experience of hell is death, being bound by death in hell. It says, so when the rich man died, he was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, 
and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receive thy good things and, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, there is a barrier that is fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray, Father, that you would send someone to my father's house. I have five brethren, so that they may tell them that I am in a place of torment. Tell them that heaven and hell is real. Abraham said, if somebody went to them, would they repent? If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if I send someone to them. This dude is in hell, is in a place of torment. It's like when you are being tried in court. Before the sentence is given to you, while you are on trial, sometimes you are remanded into your own care, but sometimes you are remanded into custody of the system. You are sent to a holding place that is called remand. For those that die in sin, for those that die outside of Christ, Christ is the only way to get to be with the Father. Christ is the only way for us to receive rest. So if you die outside of Christ, you are going to hell, which is a holding place where you will be tormented. Christ says there the worm does not die. You are tormented day and night until judgment. And then at judgment, you are taken out of hell and you are brought to stand before the Father where judgment will be passed. And from then, when you are then judged to have neglected and rejected Christ, and your works are judged, and your works are deemed sinful and evil, you are then cast into the final place of your eternal bondage, the lake of fire. And there in that lake, you will burn for eternity. So after all this time has ended, all that we are living in has ended, it is judgment as we read in Revelation. If your name is not in the book of life, you will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second and final death. Let it be clear to you that what you do now in this life determines where you go after you die. And I must point out, we do not decide what happens. God does. The Bible does. You are measured against the word. You can stand at somebody's funeral all you want and say all you want, that they're resting with Christ in heaven, that they in heaven, I dreamt they went to heaven, they were a good person, so they're in heaven. You can say that all you want, but it is not up to you. It is up to the Father, and you are measured according to how you obeyed the word. That's how you are measured. You are measured against the word, not against people's opinion of how you were because they liked you. You were nice to your family and your friends and your boss and your workmates, but you were nasty to everybody else. And your family and friends are saying, no, dude, he's gone to heaven. 
He's with Christ. That's not for them to decide. They can believe that as much as they want, but it's based on how you lived according to the Word of God, because we all must be judged. That's the. Let me just summarize. When a believer dies, he goes to a place of rest. When a sinner dies, immediately the spirit leaves the body and goes to a holding place that is hell. That is what happens when we die. And if if we, we read into the, the story that Jesus gave about Lazarus, Lazarus, when a Christian dies, when a believer dies, the angels come and collect you and they take you to a resting place where the Father is. And we will be with Christ and we will be with the Father. There's an opportunity for you if you are listening to this because heaven is real, hell is real. There's an opportunity to be opportunity before you die. Now, today, today is the day of salvation to receive Christ, to turn to Christ, to turn away from carnality and sin. Confess your sins and repent. Turn away, turn to Christ, and in Christ you will find life and life eternal. Somebody was just saying that in the past few years, it seems that the rate of suicide has increased so much. So many people are committing suicide because of the challenges of the challenges of life, because of the difficulties and the struggles of this life. People are committing suicide, and they were saying that some good people have committed suicide, and some people even say that those that have committed suicide have a chance at forgiveness after they die. They get a second chance. I just want to say this before I answer the question, is suicide a sin? If you are dealing with struggles, mental health issues, if you are overwhelmed, sometimes it's not mental health issues, sometimes it's just the struggle of surviving in this world, especially for men who have families to take care of. If you are struggling and you're facing difficulty in this world, get help. If you are struggling, talk to someone. If, you, if it's mental health issues, depression, you're struggling to stay positive and talk to someone. Find someone that is trustworthy. If possible, find a preacher of the truth a preacher that preaches the true gospel of Christ, not some motivational speaker. Find truth, find hope, find hope in Christ. If you're struggling financially, listen, don't give up, because that can be for a moment. Find someone who can help you. There's people out there that will help you. And those of you that are able, those of you that are financially able, those of you that have abundance or a little bit extra, if you know somebody's going through difficulty, help, help, be a difference in somebody's life. The other day I put a status on my, on, on my WhatsApp profile to say that giving is essential because to you, you may just be giving away five, ten, fifty, hundred dollars and to you it's nothing because of the abundance you have. But to the person that you're giving that ten dollars who hasn't eaten for three, four days, even a week, it's life-changing. Be a difference in somebody's life and help. The world has gone so cold and so hard. The reason suicide is on the up also speaks to the hardness of men's hearts. And I'm not giving excuses for people that commit suicide. I'm not justifying it. But I'm saying if an individual thinks that that's their only way out, they've lost hope and they've lost hope because of us. So avail yourself, avail yourself. And those of you that are going through struggle, 
talk to someone. There's some of us that will listen, and may God use us to help those. I hope you heard. But the question here is, is suicide a sin? And I'm going to answer with the short answer, yes, suicide is a sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. The body that you have is not yours. Nothing that you have belongs to you. Your breath belongs to God. Your body belongs to God. And as a believer, your body is the temple of God. So you cannot make decisions for your body and say, I'll do this to my body. It's my body. I can do what I please. No, you cannot. It's not yours. And this verse is clear. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. It is a sin to destroy God's temple. Whether you live or die must be solely up to God. You do not have the authority to make that decision. Suicide is a sin. And the last question, will we see our loved ones again? And the short answer is, if they died in Christ, yes. If they died as sinners, no. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. So yes, if your loved ones died in the Lord, we will see them again. He says, don't grieve without hope, and then we will be with them in eternity. And that's it for now. That's the answer to the three questions that I would have liked the Bible to answer, and the Bible has answered them. If you have any questions, if you have any additions, please leave that in the comments below. We'll have a look at that and we'll respond to all of your comments. Thank you for being a part of today's teaching. God bless you so much. Remember, as true disciples of Christ, we learn, we practice, we teach. Before, before I go, before I end this, I just want to ask, please share this with as many people as you can. If people have questions on the issues that we dealt with on this, please share this teaching with them. Please, those of you on YouTube, Leave a like because it helps. You know, we always ask, leave a like, leave a like, because it helps the algorithm share the video. It helps push it to the forefront so other people can hear this. So if you've listened to this, if you've listened to a bit of this and you've been moved by it, please leave a like on the video. If you've not subscribed to the channel, subscribe. If you want to participate with us, if you want to help us build this ministry 
and continue to do the things that we're doing, go on to our Patreon page, leave, become a channel member there, become a participant on whatever tier you choose on Patreon. And you can also become a channel member on YouTube. You can just click the join there and become a channel member. And thank you for doing that. You know, God bless you so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you for participating with us. And for everybody that has given to us over the years and has helped keep us going, thank you so much. God bless you. I've been Don Pullen. This has been the Bible Truth Podcast. And we'll see you in the next one. I'm out.